that. Dinesh, where are you? It's, it's, it's wait for the host to start the meeting. So. No, you gotta. You no, know what? Wallace Wallace resent the uh, the Zoom meeting. It's a different one. He created a new one. So check out check it out What's again. Up? It's on. It's on the WhatsApp chat. It's on the WhatsApp. I thought it was. Okay. This is this is comical. Okay. That's for everybody I, I because it, you get a new one. Okay. Yeah. No, just click on that link or or add it or something like that. Yeah. Yes, email it to yourself. Email it to yourself or something. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Bye. We're 15 minutes in and we have yet to like get all the participants with logged on successfully. That's because that's because your Zoom link didn't work. That's why. My Zoom link was great. What are you talking about? Obviously it did. Obviously not because obviously there was a problem with it because therefore there's some problem with it. So I sent it. I sent it in a group chat. I sent it in a group chat. I sent it in a regular text message. I updated the calendar invite. So yeah, ten minutes late. Hey, Dinesh. Glad you joined. Glad you could join us. I don't know what happened there. Oh yeah, I thought it was going to send me the updated because I was copying and pasting, like doing that thing. Do you guys have? Do you access WhatsApp on your on your computer? Like how you? Yeah, there's WhatsApp. WhatsApp WhatsApp desktop. You can scan. Yeah. Scan a QR no, code. I've never, I've never ever used WhatsApp on my, on the computer. Never, not once. Well, you don't, you don't have a real job anymore, so it doesn't matter. But who uses WhatsApp on their computer? I, I do mean, all I, the time. I, I mean, like, like an abnormal. These are like your your corporate people. Corporate people well, do that. Nobody, nobody for real has WhatsApp on the computer. Well, no, I, well, I, I, I think it's people that use WhatsApp and use it on the computer. The issue that you yeah. guys, you, being American, yeah. and and Denise, you're. Your sound is horrible again. Yeah, oh, no, really? your sound sucks always. Do you have any oh, headphones yeah. that you can plug oh, in? Oh, just as bad as mine. Don't you have <laughs> headphones? I mean, Dude, we gotta we gotta come prepared here to these things. Well, the last time I used headphones, it didn't work. That's why I'm not going to use my headphones. I mean, I'm on Zoom a lot, probably compared to all of you, because I'm. It's what I, you know. Yeah, but are your students even paying attention? And would they no, even never, would they I've even never, tell you if you? I've never, no, it wasn't even with students today. It was with, but no one ever says, I don't know what's going on. I don't think it's, I'm doing anything different. So I don't, I, you know, I'm just saying. Um, well, since we are recording, you know, Wallace and I will pitch in and buy you a 30 pair, $30 pair of heads, head, like actually legit headphones that like have good sound because when it comes to just when it comes to like a podcast or any sort of video production, you're actually better off just having really shitty video and having great audio. Like, but cause it, Ryan, I have, I have both, I have $240 headphones and they didn't work last time. So you obviously think this is better than my $240 or even my $30 headphones, which I tried already. So what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? I've tried it. I've tried it both ways. You told me this is the best way. Without that, no, I, I, I was telling you it sounded the best. I guarantee it's a user error. Yeah, guaranteed. It's it's pretty funny. But this, is, this is really dating us because, I mean, if we were in our 20s and having this type of conversation, I mean, it just wouldn't happen because we would be so on it. And so this is what happens when you get people in their 40s that are, you know, time's kind of flying by and technology's kind of flying by. We're dinosaurs now. Well, you would think after a pandemic and doing everything remotely that, you know, you'd have your shit together. Well, we definitely don't have our shit together. Welcome to the Beyond Black and White podcast, where we discuss everything 
from current events to what's going on in schools to our thoughts about sports. Today we'll be discussing the overall economy. It's not looking good. Are we headed to a recession? God, I hope not. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, the trial that everybody was watching. What are our thoughts? What comes out of this? Also, let's go to Florida and talk about the Don't Say Gay Bill. DeSantos, Disney, a lot to unravel there. Also, the French Open, the NBA Finals. Thanks for joining. Great introduction as always, Ryan. Good to see you guys. Um, let's jump right into it and um, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I wanted to start off with is talking about the overall economy. Um, and there's a lot of components to it, but it doesn't seem like the economy is that strong these days. And it seems like we are likely to be in a recession. We actually may be in a recession already. And I think it's worth our time to talk about how we got here, why we're here, and where we should go, and where we think might actually happen. Um, so thoughts, guys, on our current economic situation in this country and the world? Joe Biden's fault. Is that sarcasm, or do you actually mean that? <laughs> That's sarcasm a little bit. I'm sure he has something to do with that. He is the leader of our nation. I think he has like 20% to do with it, but I don't think he has major. I don't think it's all him. I think it's partly uh, what they decided to do with the um, the economy or when they tried to bail out the uh, the economy earlier on, like flooding, flooding, you know, flooding the system with money. Then now we got Ukraine and then we have uh, Russia with the issues with the oil. Uh Ukraine being the breadbasket of Europe, we have those issues that are coming up now. The Saudi, the Saudis are uh, finally releasing, maybe producing more oil. That's going to help us a little bit, um, but still, oil prices are probably driving up all the costs. And we can talk about these uh, companies that are trying to uh, basically gouge us with their gas prices. So I mean, you know, we we could we could just go that way and talk about how that's basically affecting everything. Dinesh, what are your thoughts on the current economic the current economic situation in our country? Uh, well, I think the first thing is that I think I think it's fair to say that in most cases the president gets the the blame, no matter what party we're talking about. The president gets the blame, the administration gets the blame. But a bigger factor, if it is 20%, suppose it's 20%, um, maybe at least that much or more has to do with like the cycles of the economy, just how the economy will wax and wane, just based on a, a fairly like natural cycle. So um, just because we're in a recession doesn't mean, you know, that, it, that, it's, that it's necessarily uh, do, all doom and gloom. If it's just a part of a natural process, then you yeah. know, a, a recession isn't necessarily a, a, like a devastating thing, you know? Uh, and yeah, and this, you know, this, this may very well be, you know, that, that kind of recession, that kind of, I, you know, change in, in, in economic growth or lack thereof. And so perhaps, yeah, it might be one of those cases in which we, we're going to be okay. We just have to sort of, you know, um, just sort of like be patient and wait for things to swing back up. I think long term, we probably will be okay. And I do agree that recessions are a natural part of the economic cycle. 
Um, and I think we can all kind of debate to what degree our current president has something to do with this, as well as to what degree different factors related to the Ukraine situation, to you know the bailouts and all this kind of other stuff have to do with it. But you know what I would say is I would say that um, even though recessions are a natural part of this cycle, um, a lot of this had a lot to do. Our economic situation is basically run on a lot of artificial terms, right? In other words, a lot of money has been printed um, and our government is in a heck of a lot of debt. And so while this is, I think there's some something to be said about a natural cycle, this almost feels like a very unnatural cycle. It feels like this is probably something we could have avoided if we had just kind of gotten our act together um, about what kind of stimulus to put out there, what kind of support to put out there, what kind of economic policies to put out there. Um, I think the definition of an inflation or a recession, sorry, just to be clear, is when you have two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. And we've already had one negative quarter of GDP. Um, I think last quarter, the, the, the first quarter came out at negative 1.5%. The next quarter's report is due out at the end of July. So we'll see. Um, I happen to think that we probably already are in a recession and it will be confirmed on, you know, in the end of July, officially. I mean, you're saying that about printing money. The last recession was a, wasn't that with the financial crisis? Yeah, the great the, financial sorry, the crisis, the, the, the housing crisis, and all the correct. Yeah, and that wasn't about printing money. That was about everybody losing money because of bad bets. So, and you know, that's a different story. It has something that this recession is because there's inflation. And as a result of the inflation, because Moalis is saying we, you know, there's a lot of money around, but it's not only because there's a lot of money around, it's because because everybody wants, everybody believes there's a supply and demand issue. And thus, I mean, a company and companies are gouging a lot. Basically, you know, I think it stems from gas companies overpricing the gas and thinking there's a supply issue when I think there is sort of a supply issue, but that that's based upon European issues, which also then affect the, re the rest of the world. And so ultimately will the recession end? I, I don't think by December when Christmas comes around, people are going to be spending money. The economy is going to grow again. So there is going to be a recession for a bit, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be like over a long term. And I don't think it's that it's not going to be a depression. I don't think it's going to be very, a strong Wait, so, recession. So, I think you said you, you were linking it to the get. You think it's because of gas and oil companies? Yeah, because the gas the, prices so, are highest, the highest it's ever been, which affects basically every single thing you can think of. Right? The price of refrigeration. Yeah, I disagree. The price of the price of electricity is more expensive. The price of uh, of transportation is more expensive. The price of of uh, you basically you have equipment and it's, it's easier to get rid of the equipment than actually trans like save it and move it up. like for example let's just talk about like uh, frozen food right if you can't transport the frozen food because there's a loss because you don't have enough jobs number one you don't have enough people doing the jobs the gas is too much they're just going to throw away all the stuff because they can't keep it refrigerated and thus because they don't want to spend the money on the electricity and the gas or whatever it is for the for the company. You know, thus that's just one issue. Let's just talk about frozen chickens, right? If you think about that, they'll just throw away the chickens. There's there's a, a sunk cost right there. And you know, then what are you gonna do? The next time you have you you have the chickens to sell, you're gonna raise the prices because that's the way it is. You know, so it's not yeah, only gas. It's also, I think it's in fact, a factor, but I don't think that's the cause of 
the recession. Well, no. so 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 the, there's a there's a monthly consumer price index report that's released every month, and I think the last one, if I'm not mistaken, was almost close to around nine percent um, year over year, and that basket includes gasoline, right? Gasoline and oil, and I think by far that is the biggest contributor to core CPI, you know, core inflation increasing. But I think you're also seeing a big increase in food prices. I think you're also seeing an increase in, you know, new and used cars, as an example. I think you're seeing some increases in, you know, commodities and, and things of that nature. So I think gasoline is a part of it. And I think, you know, to your point here, and I think there's something related to, well, you got to move the food too, right? So if you got to move the food, then that's probably gasoline, you know, some part of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense. Um, that gasoline is a big part of it, but I don't think that's the only part of it. And I, that's kind of like so, saying that what's happened with Ukraine and Russia and the fact that, you know, Russia obviously produces a lot of energy and a lot of oil um, is print primarily to blame for the rise in oil prices or the rise in gasoline prices. Well, gas prices were already going up as soon as Biden took office. And I think part of it is because, yeah, the supply or the demand was coming back as we were getting out of the pandemic. But for him, you know, I'm tired of hearing this whole Putin price hike thing. It's not Putin's price hike, you know? It's a conglomeration of a bunch of failed policies. Well, it's not, and, and I think if we, I mean, we're talking all about that, but I mean, also we just came out of a pandemic where we shut everything down for like two years. Yeah, I was thinking sure. the same thing. Yeah, surely that has a role to play, I mean, I think that one of the factors of, for a recession are, is like, yeah, some sort of momentous catastrophic event, like a black swan thing. But that's, I mean, but if it's co if COVID, COVID might not count as that because we've, we've been with COVID, COVID's been with us, I should say, for like a couple of years now, two and a half years now. So maybe, the, maybe it's not a traditional black swan, but it's a kind of event that probably has lingering effects. So I agree with that. I think COVID must have something to do with it. Well, I think um, it's pretty clear at this point that yes, we are in a pandemic and it's, it seems clear to me anyway, that some of the actions that we took in terms of shutting down our economy and, you know, having essentially lockdowns of, you know, the entire, you know, entire swaths of cities and municipalities was probably taking things a little too far. And in that sense, and then thus injecting stimulus all over the place. And I think that is kind of the definition or the commonly accepted definition of inflation, which is there is too much money chasing too few goods. And so, yes, we had some stimulus when Trump was president. I question that. And then we had a huge stimulus that happened as soon as Biden took office. And I really question that. Um, and I think that was kind of the the, the last push and the thing that kind of pushed us over the edge and kind of made inflation this real problem. And I don't think our government's been particularly honest with us. They've always told us that inflation was a transitory problem. It was going to pop up and then come back down. Um, it was very temporary. And it's only been in the last few months where they have admitted that, hey, this is a persistent problem. Hey, this is an ongoing problem. Hey, this is, you know, the largest, the biggest economic priority. And so I think it just goes back to if we couldn't, looking back, if they weren't really telling us the truth, either because they knew the truth and they didn't want to alarm people or 
worse yet, they knew what was going to happen, you know, or, or they, or they're just inept. Why should we trust them now? You know, why should we trust them now? And, and, and let me give you a good example. Um, today, I don't know if you guys read the news, but Biden is suggesting that there is a gas tax holiday. So a temporary suspension of the 18 cents or so per gallon gasoline tax. Um, and he's encouraging states to suspend their gas tax too. And I think everyone has probably read in the news too about student loans. And, you know, it seems likely that he's going to forgive about, you know, $10,000 per loan. So how is that not, how, how, how is that helping inflation? You know, that seems like it's going to get, um, solve a minor problem temporarily, but it's actually going to exacerbate the problem in the long term. Right. Because if you have a gas tax holiday, what's going to happen? Do you think there's going to be more demand or less demand? Probably more. So isn't that going to make inflation worse? If you start forgiving student loans, 10,000 per student, and that results in millions, if not billions of dollars, then there's more money to go around. What do you think people are going to do with that money? Put it under their pillow. They're going to go spend it on goods and services. And so you don't think that's going to make inflation worse? So if I, we couldn't trust them already about inflation, why can we trust them now? Why are these good policies? I feel like um, what you're saying makes a lot of sense as far as um, combating inflation by um, making, creating less demand, essentially, having less demand. Um, but there are some things for which everyone needs it. I mean, maybe everyone except like gas. I mean, maybe not everyone. I can, you know, fortunately, and maybe unfortunately, for better or for worse, I um, don't have to have a car. But I think, you know, because I live in New York, right? But for the majority of Americans, they there's no other way to make, make things work but to have multiple vehicles in many cases. And so I think that, um, I, think you're, I, I think you're right. I think we need to find ways to, um, you know, Make sure that it, yeah, make sure that we check the inflation. But I, I, I don't know if that, if the, I don't know if, um, you know, um, finding ways to make it affordable and available to many people by way of a holiday is wrong, necessarily wrong. Because yeah. everyone needs I mean, it. I, the government, in my view, the government is like the only entity that can really solve these problems at a large scale and in a long term way. As an example, yes, they can forgive student loan debt, and I'm actually okay with that, but they have to address the root causes of why college tuition and student loans are out of control, right? So if we started addressing those issues, then I could see us forgiving some loans. That makes some sort of sense. So Same you're, thing you're about good with socialism. So you're good with socialism and not market rate. I think, no, no. That's I, what you're I, saying. I, because ultimately, no, no, uh, you're putting going with market market rates here, right? So you know, no, that's what you're saying. No, no. I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about public universities. I'm not talking about private universities. I think private oh, okay. universities should be able to charge whatever they want. And then the second thing I would say is I would say I do think that our country does need to have some element of a social net. Absolutely. But I think the problem becomes when that social net becomes a social net that encompasses a huge swath of the population and isn't necessarily targeted, then I think we need to ask ourselves, maybe what's the root cause? Maybe we're not targeting correctly. So like as an example, I think I've mentioned this before, the stimulus checks came out 
I didn't need a stimulus check. Okay. But I got a stimulus check and I was happy to get it. Little did I know that basically with a poor economy and inflation and all this, the, the, these economic challenges, the stimulus check is basically good as gone anyway. Right. So actually it would have been better if I didn't receive a stimulus check. And then those people were there people as a result of the pandemic that truly needed some stimulus and needed help. Yeah. Well, they should have gotten it and people like me shouldn't have gotten it. And the fact that our government couldn't figure it out is a failure of government. And so the same thing is happening with student loans. It needs to be targeted and we need to look at the root causes. It's the same thing about the gases, the gas tax, you know, if you want to do a gas tax, okay, but it needs to be accompanied by some issues that are going to solve, you know, the root causes. As an example, I don't understand, like Tesla, as an example, um, used to have a federal EV credit. Um, and so people that bought an EV through Tesla could get a tax break. Um, that expired because Tesla has been in business a long time and now newer startup companies. Well, if they really want to accelerate this change to electric vehicles, why don't they extend that for Tesla as an example? Why don't they make it longer for other companies that are trying to break in? Why don't they make it bigger for companies like GM, Rivian, etc.? So it's not really making a lot of sense to me. I don't think yeah. the government knows what they're doing. Yeah, I, I agree with the mismanagement of everything. I mean, I, I mean, it's pretty obvious that there's, some, and then that leads to, a lot of just distrust, which also even kind of helps build that recession even more, right? You've got people that just lose their confidence. So like, you know, you can kind of even see it with like Bitcoin, the stock market, like, you know, everybody, instead of putting money into things is like, oh shit, I better, I better pull my investments now. Uh, otherwise I'm going right. to really eat it big. And then it seems like certain things, and then, uh, and I, and I don't necessarily know the cause of it either, but like, you know, like right now, you know, certain things like getting loans for houses right now. I mean, it's so sad because like you would, you would think that you would more than anything, you'd want to make it more accessible for people to get housing in our current state. And the exact opposite is happening. Like the mortgage right. rates for housing are like, you know, I work with a few people that were in the process of buying a house within the last six months. And every single person that I talked to that was in that situation is no longer looking for a house because essentially mortgage rates have gone from, you know, when I bought my house, I think I got my, I locked in at 2.9. I think it's at about 5.6 or 5.7 right now. So you're looking at, you know, double of what it was. And to be fair, I bought it like such a low cost, but I think it, I, I agree, mismanagement, I think, and then but, the mismanagement leads to distrust and that kind of leads to a little bit of a panic and that helps perpetuate. But the other thing that's going to happen, the other thing that's going to happen, Ryan, too, like you have very favorable terms on your mortgage, but you know, the other thing that could possibly happen is that the value of your asset, your home may likely go down because guess what? There's fewer buyers, right? So if there's fewer buyers, because the interest rates are making things untenable, then there's going to be more supply and basically they're killing demand. And you're also, so you're seeing wealth being destroyed in that fashion. And I think you're also seeing it in terms of the stock market and a lot of people losing their shirt and stocks. And I think you're also seeing it in terms of gasoline, it becomes prohibitively expensive. So people don't buy gasoline and then you have demand destruction. So that's kind of how things happen. One of the things I don't understand is they keep talking about having this quote unquote soft landing. In other words, you know, when we had an inflation problem in the late 70s and early 80s, 
um, the Fed chair at the time, his name was Bolliker. He did a huge one-time, you know, um, one-time raise in the interest rate. And that was very shocking. And it threw us into a recession, but we came out of it and that kind of marked the bottom for us. And so what's happening now is they're raising it 0 0.25, 0 0.25, 0 0.5. Now the last one, they just raised it 0.75. And so I don't understand why they keep trying to make these inter incremental interest rate increases when they could just be done with it and make a very serious one-time or two-time interest rate increase and really show that they're taking this inflation issue very seriously. And then maybe that trigger, triggers a recession, but hopefully that establishes the bottom and we'll be able to bounce out of it. So again, government, I don't think they have really a clue what they're doing. Well, I, I, I guess we'll find out soon, I guess, to kind of wrap this topic up. Like, you know, you said you think we're heading into a recession. Uh, I think we're already in one. Kieran, and I think it will be confirmed on, on, yeah. in July. We're in a recession, but we're not, but we're not, it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be too bad. And I don't think, uh, I don't think it's going to last altogether. It may last long, but it's not going to be too bad because it's, because in Christmas, you know, at the end of the year, everyone's going to be spending and they're going to be buying their stuff and we're going to have a, another increase in the, uh, the yeah, GDP Kieran, by the end Kieran, of I the hope, year. So. I hope, I hope that you're right. And you could, you could possibly be right. My concern, and I think you're, that's probably the most likely outcome. It'll be a mild recession. But my concern is that never had we have, have we had a situation where the inflation is so high, nearing double digits, yet our unemployment is very low. I think we have mm -hmm. like 3.9% unemployment, which is a very, very healthy number. Well, what's going to happen? You know, it doesn't really have a lot of places to go down. I think what's going to end up happening is as demand gets destroyed, as consumer confidence wanes, as asset prices come down, companies are going to look to be spending mess, less. And so one of the ways that they can spend less is they can start making layoffs, right? Even my favorite company Tesla started announcing some layoffs. And so people, yeah, exactly. So when companies start hiring freezes and start laying off and doing all of these different things, then it could start this vicious cycle. And I hope that's not the case. I do, I'm, you know, I think the best case scenario is that the Fed raises interest rates a couple more times, shows that they're serious, that unemployment might go up to around, you know, 4.5, 5%, but really doesn't go any more than that. And we have a mild recession, but it could get pretty bad. Denise, you think we're in a recession or heading into one? Um, I think, I think that we are already in one, um, but I think it's, I think it's mild. And I think that it's more likely as all, as the others have said, I think that it's more likely that we'll be able to come out of it quickly. Um, yeah. Well, I don't think we're in one, but I think we're headed to one. And with that, now let's go to a lighter topic. Let's talk about what everyone's been talking about for the past month or two. And that's Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. How, how closely did you guys follow this on social media? I think, it's, I think it was impossible not if you're if you're logged into anything i think it was impossible not to get something in your feed i mean it was the the i mean i can't remember some of the statistics but the amount of public i mean the amount of traction that the whole trial got was like absurd i mean even if i if you go to like facebook and you know like they'll show you like those little videos in between your feeds like 
you would see like a Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, you go to any, you know, I get a lot of my news through Flipboard and, you know, I'm not, granted I do, I, I think I do have TMT on my Flipboard. So maybe that's why I was getting a lot of it, but like, you know, it, it was inevitable that you were going to be, get something related to the trial because it was so, I mean, it was kind of like our, an OJ type event in terms of people tuning in and watching and, and it, people talking about it. I mean, I was, uh, I didn't really look at, I didn't really watch it too much, but you're right. I got in some kind of memes and feeds, uh, a small short videos, and I would see some of the things like that. Um, uh, my only anecdotal of like someone really like diving headfirst into it, my, my sister's uh, nanny, she's uh, out from uh, Mexico, and she was like sitting in her, she would basically, after she's finished her job at like seven o'clock, she'd basically be sitting and watching all the whole trial every day at, to go to sleep. And then when the trial was done, she's like, oh, I missed the trial so much. I want to see it more. So I, that's just like anecdotal. I didn't really see it that much. I heard about some of the things and I would watch Joe Rogan, I think, a little bit. And he was talking about um, a little bit of how funny it was and how kind of ridiculous Amber, were, Amber Heard seemed to be during the trial. And some and this lawyer that seemed to be uh, everybody was gravitating towards uh, Johnny Depp's lawyer, I think. And how she she interrogate interrogated um, Amber Heard and how funny the interrogation was, but other than that, I mean, it wasn't really that interesting to me, honestly. Dinesh, did you follow it? Uh, not really, but uh, oh. in the same way. Well, but listen, but in the same way that Kieran sort of talks about it, like hearing about hearing about it and um, hearing about and maybe even watching some of the memes or whatever, the the in in the ways that Amber Heard was sort of made fun of and. I, I, you know, I guess I was exposed to some of that. I, I was wondering all along why I had a, I, is it okay to kind of talk about it from an outsider's perspective? I mean, if that's okay, I have a lot of thoughts. I mean, thoughts. you are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly have a lot of thoughts. First of all, I, I wondered to myself, so I, you know, Johnny Depp is a part of our, speaking of, you know, how old we are, he's a part of like, he's a real part of like our, our like formative years and like, yeah. yep. uh, like, like his early movies, like they're, they're, I love them. <laughs> like, like I, about, you know, like Edward. How about Twenty One Jump Street? How about Twenty One Jump Street? I mean, you know? I know of it. I know. What's it. your favorite? Yeah. What's your favorite Depp movie? I mean, probably Edward Scissorhands. You know, it's really cool. Yeah, it's just pretty classic. You know, I don't know. That's might be it. Um, I think he did another one called. Um, what's the name of that movie? Donnie Brasco, dude. Donnie I'm Brasco. Of, I'm thinking of. It's kind of an arty movie. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, he, like in this, in, in the movie, he's like floating on a river in a boat. Do you guys know it? I forget what it's called. I really like that movie. Willy Wonka? Not Willy Wonka. Like, <laughs> okay. Very different. But my, my point is that I feel like the guy's totally tarnished his reputation. I don't know why he would, he would, uh, do this. Like why he would go out of his way to file this countersuit and have it in another state in order to so be able to get I, like full revenge. I mean, I, I was shocked and I felt- I Well, feel can, like I, can no, I respond to that? Yeah, sure. I just want to say though, Wallace and all of you guys, yeah, like, no no amount of money is worth tarnishing your reputation. That guy, that guy's reputation was set. I mean, he and he can find someone else. No, and, that, that, that was the whole you know, point of the defamation. Well, that's the whole yeah. point of the defamation suit because he yeah. alleges that as a result of this op-ed that Amber Heard penned or mm -hmm. wrote, that he was defamed. And as a result, there was material and substantial damage. In other words, 
he lost a lot of gigs or wasn't approached anymore and was essentially blacklisted in Hollywood. He was, I, mean, he I think got, he, he was going to be, he, in, got fi- he got fired from his, like the role that Pirates. his from Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. He was going to be in the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. He wasn't, yeah. you know, they, they took him out of it and they didn't do it or whatever the case is. And I think there were other roles that he just was, simply wasn't considered for. So mm-hmm. that I think was the reason that he did it because he felt like what she said wasn't true. It was about him. And there was a material effect in terms of his gainful employment. So I think he he's saying his reputation was tarnished. Okay, I'm gonna, and he's trying to get it back. Yeah, I think I have to reply to this. I mean, just in order to be, because I, I didn't know the full extent of it. I didn't know that. Oh, by the way, the movie is called Dead Man, and it's from the '90s. Yeah, and it's also very good. But anyway, um, I was gonna say, well, okay, so even if that's true, I have to back up, back step back, you know, back step a little bit in order. Even if that's true. Um, it still seems to me that in doing all of this, you're already setting yourself up for some real, um, uh, you know, tarnishment of your reputation. I and, think, you I, know? I, but I, I will disagree. I, I actually think he's come out on it after this trial better as a result yeah. of this win Absolutely. Than, than before the trial. Oh, you, and I, th- I think yeah. the I think the bigger lesson for me is that like with these both these morons is that you any violent relationship i mean it's pretty obvious she did some horrible things it's pretty obvious he did some horrible things because it played out in front of the whole world that (laughs) neither one of them should have came forward period they both just seem like awful human beings to be honest like with i mean how they interacted with each other they both have there's proof that both of them were um at least verbally violent towards each other in in a way that you know you can't deny from both both sides they did awful things to each other so you know the second that they you know you can argue that you know she maybe was an idiot for doing it for like coming out and, and saying these horrible things about him first and then him doing it but i mean in the end they both lose i i, I think it's well, uh, well, I think Johnny's death is one in the court of public opinion, and I, I, I will acknowledge that I follow the trial pretty closely, and I'm definitely team Depp. But I agree that both of them, <laughs> and I think both of them did, as Ryan said, very silly things. But I mean, they got divorced. The divorce was finalized. You know, Amber Heard walked away with seven million dollars in her divorce settlement, and so I think every party should have just left it at that. And Johnny Depp did leave it at that. But Amber Heard was the one that came out and wrote this opinion piece, you know, with the assistance of the ACLU at the height of the Me Too movement and basically got Johnny Depp canceled. Um, And if I was in Johnny Depp's position, too, then I would probably be inclined to do the same thing to get my name back to get my reputation back i I know you would no matter i mean even (laughs) if it weren't (laughs) i just know how you are but you know but you know the definition there's a there's a high degree of um there's there's a high standard of there's a high standard of proof for a defamation case and i think everything basically aligned here because a lot of times it becomes a he said she said thing even if you can improve that things were said that were untrue. You can't really actually make the link and say, well, I lost my job as a result of this. I lost income as a result of this. So you put those all together. And then I think Johnny Depp had a really strong defamation case 
whereas a lot of people don't have a strong defamation case, even if that, even if defamation occurred and it was televised. So he won in the court of public opinion too. So I think it was essentially a complete and total victory for Johnny well, Depp. I have a question actually. Um, I, I, I just don't know very much about it. Um, so was he named in the defamation? Like, no. was he, no, like, no, what no, were the no, details? He sued, he, he sued Amber Heard for defamation. Oh, what, what was he named? I'm sorry. But, but, being but, defamed, sorry. was he, in, yeah, in being the, defamed. In the, the yeah. op-ed that she wrote, she didn't, yeah. she, and that was one of their arguments that made, yeah. she didn't specifically say Johnny Depp, but it's like, you know, essentially it was like the famous guy that I was married to that starred in like three extremely famous movies that uh, were run by, D I mean, it was, a, I mean, you could make, he, she did everything but say yeah. his name. Um, so, yeah, I, and, you know, and, I thought and, I heard that. I thought another, I heard that. An, yeah. an, another interesting about the whole thing, though, was that she, there was a defamation, he had a defamation suit in England, and actually she won that. So, and apparently in Europe, it's it's much easier to win a defamation suit. So that was kind of also the alarming thing for a lot of like people was that like he was actually able to pull it off in uh, the US. But I, I mean, again, I also think no matter what, like, you know, the, the fact of how it played out on social media and then in a defamation suit too, he gets the first, he's the first one that gets to tell his story and um, on trial. So like he got to go first. So like, there's a, seems like a, a little bit of an advantage and, and, you know, he's, he's pretty charming, uh, in some ways. And so I just think it, it would be very hard as a juror to not be persuaded in some way by all of the noise around this trial. Um, you know, I, I think the sad thing though, is like, you know, aside from the, these two morons, um, or sorry, I shouldn't say two more, I don't know the people aside from what seems like people that, you know, were both just awful human beings to each other. Like, you know, I think there's also some impact, like, I think w one of the worst things that's going to come out of this is aside from whether or not you believe Amber Heard, like it still does do a, a it makes it more difficult for people to come forward in those situations because all of a sudden- In what situations? Well, in a, in a situation where I, I feel like a girl, maybe a female is in a relationship where the, the male actually has more of a position of power for them to actually come forward and um, feel comfortable coming forward with that situation. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this is like a different situation than anything else. Who in, in their right mind takes a crap in someone else's bed and blames it on their dog? I mean, who does that? This is a, someone who is just like not with it. I don't think that you can relate this to some other some other people that are honest and being honest about themselves and 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 have a abusive relationship i don't believe that i think people will still come out on on their own and i don't well, think that's well, well you're not you're, you're not a female i, I and and females okay. already have a, a a very difficult time and i mean i mean how many i mean how many people on college campuses don't come forward because of the of they're afraid that they're going to be um, victim shame because of something. I just think it perpetuates uh, this sort of behavior of, you know, like, 
when something actually does happen in a, in a, in a situation that like, I think this sort of sets us up, uh, makes it more difficult for, for people that yeah, are Ryan, victims I, to come forward. And I mean, I, not to say that well, Amber Heard, I don't, I don't, I don't think Amber Heard is a victim, but I do think that it's possible that other women may be reluctant to come forward as a result of seeing what happened. Um, I would say that, you know, is that a possibility? Yeah, I think there could be people that it happens to. Is that the right message that I hope that they would get? No, um, because number one, I would say this wasn't a domestic abuse situation, um, or that's what not that's not what was on trial. Is what I'm trying to say. It was defamation was on trial. That's number one. I also think another lesson to be taken out of it is that it's not just about women. Yes, I think largely you know, women are the recipients of domestic violence, but I think domestic violence also goes two ways. And I, you know, men can be victims of domestic violence as well. And Johnny, her, Johnny Depp, I think, was a victim of domestic violence. Um, the third thing I would say is, you know, I think that with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, oh, geez, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, it was just played out in the media. And, you know, why, I think it was very interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Well, remind me again, why, why are these pub, why are these televised? Why, what, because it's well, the lawyers agreed. I mean, I, I don't know exactly the reason why I think the lawyers agreed to it. I, I did hear that Amber Heard's lawyer fought against it being televised, but I think they probably wanted it to be televised to some degree because I think they're Hollywood actors and no, publicity is good for Hollywood. I think it's required. Like by, if it's not in a federal, if it's a federal court, you can argue against it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think they were, they were very shrewd in moving it to Virginia. I think, Dinesh, you yeah. asked why it was in Virginia well, because yeah. I think it was, it was published in like the Washington Post or the, something, some newspaper outlet in Washington, in, in Virginia. And so I as think, a result, they were able to bring the case to Virginia. I just and it has say, more, and the laws in Virginia are more favorable for defamation suits. Yeah, I feel like I, I have a lot of, the more I think about it, the more I feel like I have a lot of opinions, even as I don't know much about the facts. Um, honestly, <laughs> uh, like, I, I mean, so, not, so that means we shouldn't well, even listen to what you have to say. Well, okay. I mean, I don't know about the facts. If the facts aren't that, they're not that hard to understand. They're actually pretty basic. Actually, an outsider's perspective. But, but okay, well, let me sorry. say something real quick, because I think I know enough about the facts to say something informed. Um, so, so what um, Ryan said about how that was one thing that I thought of, what you said, Ryan, about how um, this might set some sort of cultural precedent, not legal precedent, cultural precedent for like how women, well, whether women come forward or um, there's a cultural precedent in the set. You, you guys just said that, um, and, I, and what I, what I, you confirmed what I thought, that what I surmised that, um, his name wasn't even in the op-ed. So basically that's also setting a cult, if not a legal precedent, a cultural precedent that, that, defi- that the bar is lower for like what constitutes defamation. And that's interesting, right? Um, but there's this other thing um, that I was about related to what you guys were talking about in like media, um, you know, the media, the media's involvement in it. I think that that also affected the way that the, the entire thing was cast and like framed and that's unfortunate because there's a way in which there's a, there's this underlying reality that's probably not going to be accessed because of all the media. Like, I, it seemed to me that based on the the, the few clips I saw, um, but I don't think you needed to see very much. Like I said, um, 
it was clear to me that everyone was very concerned about how others were, how they were being perceived more than the facts. At that point, it's like, it's kind of a sham, right? So we, it should be a lesson for like the, the ways, the dangers of, of involving media in these trials. But, you know, I, I don't think we'll learn that lesson culturally. So, you know, in this country. So, but I think that it's a, it's a, it's a pretty clear case of how it's, it's really dangerous to do that, to really, to have like uh, cameras have like, what? well, to have like media involvement in trials, of, you know, in general. But as it relates to this kind of trial in particular, it, it's, it seems much less important. You know, this is largely just based on, well, I, you know, I, the curiosities think, of people that it doesn't have like any greater like societal impact. It's just, it's I just think it has, a, I, I think there's a, well, I think there's a lot of societal impacts here. I don't, I don't think it's, I think it has a lot to do with cancel culture. I think it has a lot, a lot to do with the Me Too movement. And I think it has a lot to do with um, social media and the role social media plays in terms of how people get their news. And I think those have much far more reaching implications than, you know, just what happens to Amber Heard and just what happens to Johnny Depp. The third point I was going to make before, I, you know, escapes me is going back to the whole Me Too cancel culture thing and, you know, women not, you know, maybe feeling comfortable as a result of this coming forward is what I would say is I would say Amber Heard got her day in court. Amber Heard had an opportunity to bring forward all of the evidence that she felt was in her favor about being abused or having a bad relationship or whatever the case is, and a jury of her peers unanimously ruled against her. So that's not against people, in my view, coming forward, right? Because that's actually what you do want. If you do have a situation that happened, then you want to meet your accuser, you want to bring forward evidence, and you want to have your day in court to, you know, to have judgment passed. And that's what happened. Yeah, but I mean, again, those jurors were going home and, and it, it's not like they were sequestered like an OJ trial. Correct. So they, 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 were, they were easily, uh, let's say, they could have easily accessed all the outside noise that was going on. And I was just, as you guys were talking, I just read, it was the judge's decision um, to actually decide. And, and the, it, what I'm looking at here is they're saying it was, actually kind of shocking because I guess Virginia typically is a pretty conservative place. So it was like, you know, some people have written that that decision was one of the biggest impacts that the judge yeah. made. So, but uh, going I, back to the jury, but going back to the jury, I mean, the jury was not sequestered. They were repeatedly told to not do outside research or such as using social media. But I think you're probably right, Ryan. Um, it's probably most likely that they probably i mean how could you not go home and not look on social media you know and you're interacting yeah, with your you, family and you, like, friends took, as well took, you know unless you did like the oj what did they do for like oj remember they didn't even they sequestered him yeah like they did yeah. like tvs and i mean social media wasn't a thing back in what 1994 yeah. 1995 well on, on that uh, note, let's 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 change topics a bit and let's get into something more serious again before we uh look at our finals and let's let's talk about the don't say gay bill i mean are we really talking about this are we passing bills about this right now like is that really well i mean it's it's not so it's not called the don't get say gay bill so that's the first thing i would say let's call parent parental rights and education bill correct it's called the that's hb 1557 an act relating to parent parental rights and education and i think opponents of the bill 
named it or gave the name quote unquote don't say gay and so you know the so, so uh, let maybe, me just, maybe you know, for our listeners or people that were are talking maybe you could just tell us a little bit uh just give us a little bit a of a sort of a synopsis let me, in your mind let me do it or yeah go for do it let me do it because I, I did I did the research for this. So um and then and then you know what Wallace you give your opinion because you're from Florida I think it's probably the, you're the first one who should say something about it. So uh, well number one teachers cannot talk about the sex orientation and gender identity uh, uh, in classes from K through three um, class instruction and if the, the instruction's happening it has to be age appropriate. Uh, number two it gives the parents an option to sue the school over teachings that they don't like. All right. So for this example, right. So like, for, for instance, they can be whatever they want to be. You know, the governor specifically said that's inappropriate. Um, um, and number three, it requires schools to tell parents about the medical, the medical or mental services that a student would get. Um, and it requires them. And this is and propon- opponents of this are basically saying, what if the what if the you know, the school is a safe space for the student away from the parents and now the parents are notified about the issues that will be occurring in the school that, that the parents know about their mental services. So, I mean, that's what they're, that's, those are the three kind of major points that I saw in, in several articles that I wrote, uh, that I read, excuse me. So let me take a stab at this. Um, so I think this is a good example of what happens when there's kind of unintended consequences. And what do I mean by that? Um, I think this is part of a larger movement about having, giving, and having and giving parents more choice in education which I think really emanated from everything that happened in the pandemic and COVID with mask requirements and virtual school and not virtual school and all of these different things. And so, you know, you saw some states put really restrictive things in place. And I think you saw some other states that were put some very optional and less restrictive things in place. And Florida was definitely one of them. Um, In fact, I think there was a pretty big lawsuit that made it to the Florida Supreme Court in Florida about mask mandates because a lot of districts in Florida wanted to mandate masks and put mask mandates in and the governor put in something where they couldn't do mask mandates. And so there was a big conflict between school boards and the governor and the governor won out on that. And so, so, so this, in yeah, regards go ahead. To that is, so, but isn't, it wasn't voted on, right? Did, didn't DeSantis just the, sign the bill into law? Like, or was it voted on what, by- Are you talking yeah. about the quote unquote, don't say gay bill? Or are you talking yeah. about the mask mandate one? No, the, the, the don't say gay or the- No, this was voted on by the Florida yeah. legislature and it was yeah. signed into law by Governor DeSantis. So it wasn't an executive act. It was actually gone through, you know, the whole legal process in Florida. But anyway- I think this is part of this movement about giving more parents the choice, the option, the power, the right in their children's education. Um, And so I largely agree with it. And I do think, but I do think that this stems with this lack of trust between school boards, school officials, parents, government. I think that's really the core issue because I think if you look at the actual language of this, now I'm just going to actually read the language to, to you and this because there's you know, probably about seven points. And I think the one point that everyone is you know, seized on, which is the following quote, classroom instruction by school personnel um, on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. That's really loose. 
you know? I mean, that I think that leaves a lot of room open for interpretation, you know? Um, and so I think people are jumping all over this, but I think this is a good example. And then as a result, you know, the other part I think, Karen, that you didn't share is that Disney came out and the CEO came out and he got a lot of flack from his employees about not taking a stand on this legislation. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of came late to the party and then put out a letter saying that they were, again, Disney as a company was against this. And then DeSantis basically and the Florida you know, Congress and legislature came out with something which basically stripped Disney of its special district status, which is huge. Um, because basically, in exchange for Walt Disney and the Disney company coming to Florida back in the 60s, they basically formed a special district. Disney is its own government. They basically tax themselves. They, you know, offer their own police services. They have their own property taxes. They do their own permit approvals, which gives them a massive, massive, massive advantage over any of their other competitors, such as Universal. And so basically it's a tit for tat situation where Disney took this position on this particular bill. DeSantis wanted to get back at them, has stripped them of the status. But they, they took this position after, after the bill was already passed. That's what the employees were really concerned about is that Disney did not, the, the Disney world, the, the administration of the Disney company did not take a stand and not have any opposition before the bill was passed. And then once the bill was passed, the employees came out against the company um, and especially certain, certain high, high ranking animation uh, folks, um, you know, who are gay came against it because I mean, and uh, okay, let me just finish my thought. And as a result, um, then, then the administration or the, the CEO then came out against the opposition, you know, dollar short, you know, too late, can, according to many employees. Karen, can I ask you and, a question? Can I ask you? Okay, yeah. Sorry. And the, big, and the last thing, the last thing is the statistics for LGBTQ uh, uh, people. You know, they face a higher rate of suicide and a higher higher rates of, of health health issues, and um, and if they are affirmed, according to certain studies, according to the Trevor Project, if they're affirmed their gender identity more often, then these rates of suicides are a lot much lower. So this is where the kind of issue comes about. And furthermore, when you talk about gender orientation, I mean, sex orientation, gender identity from K through three, you're, you know, you can't even talk about the fact that you are male or female. That's basically what they're saying, right? You can't even talk about the idea of a male or female. So you can't even ever have a conversation about this in the first place. If you're not going to talk about a gender identity, then you can never talk about anything about male or female. So this is the other issue. How can you have conversations, normal day, everyday conversations about someone's appearance? Do you think? Do you think kindergarten? Do you think kindergarten, first and second grade and third graders should be having these conversations in schools? All I'm saying is, is that let's say that do, do you, you think have, this is a you yes have no a, question. let's say let me say let's say that you have um, uh, another parent who is married to the parent of the same sex in the school, and they come and pick their kids up, and all of a sudden. They're going to have a conversation with the teacher. And what is this about? Oh, now we can't have this conversation. I think actually maybe there should be a conversation being had. Well, and what is it about? Wait, wait okay. a second. Is that so in that circumstance, a child has two parents of the same gender and they pick him up. Okay. My point I'm is. I'm talking about the other student. I'm talking about the other okay, student. And, and the other student has questions as an example. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now can you so have my, a conversation? My, my, 
why why no. is that the convert why is that the conversation for a school to have i'm not saying why that's a that? school i'm saying a student is gonna a, a student might bring it up and have a and, and ask the teacher or someone else within the classroom what's that about and then what what you know you you should have an answer then, you, then, you, then, then, then i think you 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 alert the parents and let them know that this situation has happened and you ask the parents to have a conversation with their child in the sanctity of their home and the parent can explain it in a way that they feel is appropriate to their child. Let me ask you another question. There's a movie that just came out for, you know, the, the, the Toy Story one called Lightyear. And I think it's, you know, the, the opening statistic, weekend statistics are not great. And I don't know if it's because of the story or something else, but it has received a little bit of controversy because there is an on-screen kiss between two women um, in the movie. In fact, it's actually been banned in a few countries um, and it's not been shown. So my question is, you know, do you agree with it? Do you don't agree with it? And then who should actually be making that choice? Like, what are you okay if that movie was shown in a public school classroom or not? And if you didn't want it to show, you know, if you, if you weren't okay with it, whose choice is that? Is that the parent's choice that if they should watch it or not? Does the teacher get to decide? Who gets to decide that? What's the context? I just told you the context. There's a movie that Disney and Pixar have no, put out. What's the context Lightyear. of the kiss? What's the context of the kiss? I mean, you're, you're telling me basically nothing about what the movie is. So I don't even know what you're talking about. All I know is that two people kiss. Plenty of people kiss in movies. So I'm not saying that it's appropriate it's, or inappropriate. It's, it's because I don't know. It, it's a romantic. Well, I mean, it's a romantic kiss between two women. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously an animated film. Is it, but, is it just two? Is it just two animated people well, it was, having it, it like? Was a, enough, like it, is there it, a tongue it, involved here? Is it just a pecs? What, Kieran, what is Kieran, it? It, it? It was enough for certain countries to ban the movie. Okay, now, I'm, not countries, they, I'm, I'm not saying whether I'm not saying. Karen, I'm not saying. I'm not okay. saying whether it was right or wrong. I'm yeah. saying that it was some more than one country felt it was serious enough to not allow that movie to be shown in their country. So let's, clearly, let's, there's some let's, controversy. Let's, there's con some, so there's some controversy over it. So let's go back to India. No, India on, does not even show kisses in movies. India doesn't even show okay. kisses in movies. So ultimately, I'm, that movie is going to be banned in India. So ultimately, and Kieran, that's a Kieran, lot of countries. Kieran, they don't show. But they don't show my point, kissing. my point is whether it's you know whatever it's a long kiss, it's a short kiss, it's a kiss with tongue. Who knows what? Who ultimately gets to decide if a child can watch that? Or not in a school setting but no one's gonna want uh, listen listen to me first of all let's let's just talk about a kiss all right and let's go back to that because there are plenty of show of, of, of countries that don't even ever have kissing in any kind of movie whether it's live action or or cartoon action all right in india i've never seen a movie with a kiss in it ever in bollywood so ultimately it's going to be banned in india and that's one billion people so I mean, you 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 know, which countries are we talking about bands here? Are we talking about bands in Saudi Arabia and Lebanon, or in Middle Eastern countries, or, or Muslim countries in Africa, which are or third world countries? Are we talking about bands in first world countries, uh, developing uh, developed worlds? I mean, what are we talking about here? Well, I think we're losing. Are we talking about Russia? I mean, I mean by, by the way, the kiss is a romantic kiss because I just okay. I just looked on Twitter. It's a romantic kiss okay. between like uh, two fifty-year-old uh, that are celebrating a fortieth anniversary, so it might be like in the future or something. It looks like, but uh, it is a romantic uh, kiss. I mean, I, I think a, a deeper conversation is, 
you know, like, do you want the teacher in charge of these conversations? You know, and, and yeah, no, like right. with, with, with that, like a certain age, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I, I want to, I mean, I want to step away from that piece of the bill because you'd mentioned something earlier about the bill about mm -hmm. you being able to sue yeah. the school if you don't mm -hmm. agree with the type of education you're getting in school. And that just seems like, I, I just always am like, oh no, here we go again. The, like the US, these, you know, court suing crazy people. And it just seems like, God, man, you're just absolutely discouraging more and more people getting out of the profession. And I mean, is that is that the bill? The bill is that like, if you don't agree with, the education now you have the right to just sue the school and yes say, yes yes that seems yes. to me more crazy than the don't well, no it's not no time out no it's not about this is not just about the don't say gay bill this is also no, like for saying, example I'm not, I'm not saying it what I'm, I'm saying is because you'd mentioned aside from that you said there's like i think you said that mentioned there's three pieces there's the the, the lgbtq mm -hmm. curriculum to k through three and then you said something to the fact of like the parents have the right to sue the school when, and I don't, that's not K through three. That's not related to LGBTQ. I think that's just no. related to in general, right? Yeah. 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 In general, in general, it's, it's just, if the, the parents are allowed to sue, if, if they don't like what's being taught. So, I mean, that's, I think that's an even bigger problem than the actual, like we can have this conversation about the cultural issue, but that's a much bigger issue. I mean, how, why well, is it that a parent can just sue? Before, yeah. I have a question, guys. I, I'm just trying to help. I hope I'm not confusing things even more. What do all the three things have in common? Let's just talk about that. Like, what are we, I, I don't even know. I, I kind of got lost about what we're talking about whenever Wallace and Kieran were talking about the movie. Like, what, what is this whole thing about? Let's, let's start with that. Like, what do all three things have in common? This bill. Parental control over parental control over over school. Oh, it's taught in school. Okay, so you think that all of that. Parental rights to us. Parental rights and education bill is what it's actually called. I'm, I'm going to put I'm going to put this in the group chat here, um, so that you guys can actually read it or pull it up if you want to. But I'm I'm you know maybe I've misread it, Kieran, but I don't see the part where it says that parents can scoot, sue the school district. I mean, obviously, I see a lot of parts where it says you know there's parental rights. I see you know um, you know, the, the, what, you're going to notify a student's parents if there's a change in the student's service or monitoring related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health. I see that. I see a school district may not adopt procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying a parent about his or stu his, her student's mental, mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. The one that I read about classroom instruction by school personnel um, on sexual or orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three. Student support services training developed or provided by school district must adhere to student services guidelines, standards, and frameworks established by the Department of Education. At the beginning of the school year, each school district shall notify parents of healthcare service offered at their student's school and the option to withhold consent um, before administering a student well-being questionnaire. Um, in kindergarten through grade three, the school district must provide the questionnaire or health screening form to the parent and obtain the permission of the parent. The school district shall adopt, adopt procedures for a parent to notify the principal or his or her designee regarding concerns under this paragraph. 
um, and the process for resolving those concerns within seven calendar days after a notification from the parent. I don't see anything about a lawsuit here. Well, when I when I read some articles specifically, um, uh, well, anyway, that was the third. That was one of the three things that was uh, was brought up. So. Um, well, I don't know. The connection I'm making is that, you know, if any of these standards are violated, then there's a, there's grounds for a lawsuit. That's what I thought Kieran was saying. I'm, I don't know. I'm well, probably. Confused. I mean, but I mean, there's a process for resolving these concerns. I mean, I think the point I'm trying to make is the following. I think that there's a level of trust that has been eroded among parents, school boards, teachers, and it's not healthy for anybody. And I think that we need to take steps to rebuild that trust in our communities. I think that's the first thing that I would say. I do well, think, yeah. in the, I, I think in the absence of that trust, I think that the natural reaction is parents should be in charge and be empowered to make educational decisions for their children, as opposed to, I mean, look, I'm an educator, as opposed to schools working together with parents on making decisions on what's best for their kids, right? And I think it's very sad that it's kind of come to this point. But I also think the issue is, you know, we're beginning to see a lot of woke companies and we're beginning, you know, companies, yeah, they have the right. They have the right for free speech, just like individuals do. That's right. But guess what? You know, we've been really good at canceling people. And so there are consequences to free speech. And Disney happened to have this really special exemption status, and maybe they don't need to have that special exemption status if they're basically criticizing the very government that gave them this, you know, this special exempt status. Yeah, I'm kind of skimming through. I mean, it's it's pretty heavy. You go, stuff, but it, you know, one one thing that seems pretty interesting about this is it it does seem to a, a lot of it revolves having more transparency with what the kids are getting taught in school, which you know, from my experience as an educator, I will say that was, you know, one thing that I did see, you know, and this is a very, very anecdotal, right? But like, I, I do remember, it seems like some teachers that I did work around were very sort of, I guess, sort of secretive about what they were doing in the classroom, which is, I, I think of an, that can obviously be an issue. And if this, if this does lead to more transparency about what they're doing in the classroom i think that could be a good result of that um you know i for one would you know you were talking about having those conversations about you know what if it came up with gay marriage and these sorts of things you know that i mean my daughter's in preschool but you know if some of those conversations were happening i would definitely want to make sure that i was if, if they were happening which I, I don't even know if i would like it if they were happening i don't think my wife would that but it's much, not but, but, I but brian want, it's not I just about I know, but I, I, you know, I, I think in, in terms of any, any anything's going on in the classroom, I would want to have access to what was. That's being the done point. In that's the, the point because like, because it's not for me. It's not about the whole say gay, don't say gay bill, whatever that is. For me, it's about what happens if I actually happen to agree with, you know, gay marriage. What happened? But something else that I don't necessarily agree with culturally, socially, whatever the case is is taught in my child's school you want to be able to have that conversation with Bill then i feel mm -hmm. like as a parent then i should be able to have that conversation and i also feel i should be able to opt out as well right i should have that right to be notified and be able to opt out so it's not just about you know 
gender identity, this and that, and the other thing, I think we're conflating the issue. I think the bigger issue is what degree, to what degree do parents have a right to know what's going on in the classroom, to be informed, and to be able to opt out of things. I'm going to give a quick plug for my, my, sure. my daughter's school, which is, you know, it's, it's a private school that she's in right now for pre-K, but like I get updates throughout the day about her, all of her education. Like this is what we're, te- you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty um, corporate sort of curriculum. It's Primrose is the name of the school, but like I am constantly like getting updates of like, this is what we're doing now. This is what we're learning about. This is what we're teaching. And, you know, I, I have to admit, it's just so nice to, to know because I, can, I know what to talk to my daughter about. I know what's going on in the classroom. Sometimes I'm not even reading it, but you know, it does give me insight throughout the day, which I know once she goes to public school, that's going to be you know, like, how, how do I make sure I know, at least I'm kind of tuned in with what's going on in the classroom. But uh, sorry to interrupt, Manish. No, man. I, 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 I'm, it's interesting to hear that. And uh, I'm really enjoying the conversation. But I also feel that much of what the bill's saying is not for, you know, what's been signed into law. Is that what you said? Um, it's like that this isn't, I don't know. It's not that controversial. That's why I feel like some of our conversation about it and some of, some of, the, mm. some of what we're saying about the law, yeah, about the law itself and some of our conversation, I don't know how they connect. I feel like all of us are going to say that, you know, up to third grade, okay, yeah, maybe talking about sexual orientation is not, maybe not prudent, maybe not wise. And um, maybe some, some third graders are mature enough, but we need to set a law. We need a law that, that, that you know, somehow uh, speaks to a common standard. And I think that that's a safe, sta- that's a safe one. That's a safe standard. Um, I think the more interesting question is when are they, when are they mature enough to be able to talk about sexual orientation, for example, in a way that is, that is separate from like a parent, parents, uh, you know, um, taking the lead in that, in that, um, conversation. Like if they're in sixth grade, for yeah. example, and they're like, in the, in the, they're watching something on, you know, I don't know, watching some, watching something, uh, in history class about Stonewall, which is like this you know, event that happened in New York City involving, you know, the queer community, right? Like what, is that okay? Like that, 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 that seems a lot more interesting. Dinesh, I think you've touched, yeah, I think you've touched on two, two points. And I'm just going to say these two points and you guys can follow up whatever, but you know, these are the last two points I'll make, which is number one. I think you, you asked a question, at what point is it appropriate? And I think therein lies the problem. Why do we group our kids in groups of 20 by age, right? Because we already discussed how some kids may be ready for a conversation and some kids may not be. And it's not necessarily, it has to do with their actual numerical age. That's kind of the first thing that I would say. Um, and so I think you brought like up a really important question in, 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 in that regard. Um, the second thing that I would say about this whole situation is that it's just about, again, this eroding trust in our communities between schools and school boards and just that trust has to be rebuilt. And I think this is, you know, the pendulum has swung way too far in both directions. And I think something really probably needs to change, you know, but anyway. Well, on, on that note, let's, let's, let's go lighter. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's, let's wrap this up. I mean, I, you know, one of the great things about doing this is just is having these conversations to try to figure these things out as we go. I mean, that's part of the fun <laughs> of all this, right? Like I'm, I'm learning a ton. My, I don't, I honestly sometimes think I, I come up with less of an, I, 
a concrete idea of what I believe after these conversations than when I go into them. So I think that's the fun of it all. But, you know, let's go back to the French Open. Um, we made our predictions. Kieran, you were, uh, you were the winner in terms of who made, and I, I hate myself for not betting against Nadal. And I think Wallace can now obviously 100% say that Nadal is the goat in tennis. Um, no, I can't say that. What, what's your argument? Because yes. your, remember, your argument against it before was that no, 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 uh, no hold on, that, no, that, no, no. that that Djokovic got kicked out of the Australian Open, therefore his that championship didn't count. But now he's still now he's ahead by two, not by just one. I, I, I think it's likely that Nadal in this moment in time has the goat, the goat crown temporarily. But I think time will tell we're, we're, we're talking in the next right two or now. three years. But I think, okay, but we're, even talking, now, I, I think it's probably you're talking about that, the greatest of all time. You're not talking about hold like on. in a year the, from now. You're the other thing, the, the other thing that I would say, hold on. The other thing that I would say is that goats usually don't have a losing head to head against their greatest rival. Is he, did he lose? It's like one match. It's like 30 and 29. uh, Well, he does. It's one one match. It's one match. It's one match. He has a winning record against Federer, I believe. And a losing record against Djokovic. Because it's 30, 29. That's it. It's it's as if it's 500. Give me a break, dude. Well, yeah, and I would say the same. I would say the same thing. A 22 with an asterisk. Hold on, timeout. A 22 with an asterisk with a 20 <laughs> and then you're talking about 30 and 39 and you're talking about splitting atoms okay but, it's, but so I, mean, but, I think it's debatable but, but, i'm not saying that it's not but i think it's debatable this is one sorry well i was just gonna say like i mean we're talking i mean you you can make all these little arguments like right now if you have to say who's the greatest of all time solely based on the information that we have right at this moment yeah if like tennis next- ceased to be an export and they both started stopped playing right now yeah, I'd probably say it all. Yeah. There we go. What uh, if what if Djokovic ne- what if Djokovic never wins another one? What if what I, I have a feeling he may and he, he and may he, not- and, he keep, and he keeps a pot, he keeps the same head to head record against Nadal. What if Djokovic yeah. wins Wimbledon? He's well, not because, gonna win Wimbledon. Well, hold on, Kieran. I've already answered my question. I've already answered your question because you the question was if you stop it right now, I do think twenty two versus twenty grand slams overcomes you know whatever you say a 30 to 29 head to head i do think it's debatable but yeah you have to be, you probably what, give the edge to nadal what if, so what, you're right what, if Djokovic what, never wins another one of course what, what it's if, nadal now let's we're going we're getting ready to to ramp up for wimbledon Djokovic goes to wimbledon wins wimbledon mm-hmm. does Djokovic then become the goat again in your mind? absolutely absolutely 100 yeah, percent I might agree with that actually um let's go to basketball let's flip this to basketball the i i picked the warriors Wallace picked the Dallas Mavericks. Denise, who did you pick? I think I picked the Warriors. I think I picked Warriors Bill, uh, Warriors Bulls at the very start, like our first, you know, podcast. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I, I forgot actually. I might not have mentioned that last time we were doing this. But you didn't pick the Celtics in the finals. You picked I, well, Bull. Yeah, the Bulls really went. They really went downhill after the All Star break. So. It seems, yeah. I, yeah, they I, had injuries, I know, I, I, and I know in the last that was wrong. I picked, I picked the Warriors in the last podcast, but I, th- I, had, I think I had Warriors Heat. Kieran, who did you have? I mean, I had the Warriors playing this. I think they're playing the Heat. I think I did, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I knew the Warriors are going to win. They were going to beat both of those teams. So, man. So but I think I, I think this is. 
I think beginning of year with the Suns, I think. I think this is a strong case for me basically to say that at the end of the day, the Dallas Mavericks were the second best team in the league. Because did they go seven with the Warriors? Because they, well, they got taken out by the war. They got taken out by the Warriors and the Warriors are clearly the best team in the league because they won the championship. So I think the Mavericks are the second best team. No, but what was the, the series? I mean, if you can make that argument because the Warriors Celtics went six. Um, I think I lost in five. Okay, well, <laughs> man, but how, I mean, honestly, did the Warriors though, go like, seven with the Grizzlies? But Didn't the Warriors go seven with the Grizzlies? I will say that I didn't follow any basketball until the finals, and you know, after the first three games, I was like, or maybe it was the first two. I mean, the Celtics. I was like, man, even even when they pulled out like that win, I'm like, dude, the Celtics are really good, and then they just like. I mean, I don't know if it was lack of experience or whatever. It just sort of seems like they just I, – I, I just don't get it. I was like, how can you play this awesome and then just lose so badly? Especially the Celtics – oh, well, I think the Celtics tired. really overachieved. Because remember, remember, the Celtics had Kyrie Irving, and they lost Kyrie Irving, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown weren't getting along. Um, and they had a lot of chemistry issues and they had a coaching change. And so in only a period of one or two years to basically come back to make to the, make it to the finals and take the Warriors to six, I think is a real testament. Um, and I think they, if I'm not wrong, they took out the Bucks too, who are the defending champions. So I, I, I hope they it's, are able to add a piece or two. It's, yeah, um, it's, it's, and I'd like to see them back. It is, and, and Denise, you follow more basketball, I think, than probably any of us. But, like, it is interesting to me, like, but when you see, like, the two, like, the types of players, too, like, I mean, they just, the Celtics just look more athletic overall. They just look more, like, badasses, like, physically, like, like, and then it, it just kind of just this graceful Warriors team can kind of pull it Well, out. let's. Well, if you analyze the series, right, Dinesh? We watched a few games together, but yeah. like when you analyze the series, Tatum, Tatum would always start off strong in the games, and then he would taper off, and he'd have a terrible fourth quarters. All right, and so therefore they couldn't keep it up in the fourth quarter. Uh, the the Warriors are a third quarter team. The last game actually they creamed them in the second quarter, and there was no way for them to come back. They shot the ball like crazy. The, the, basically, the Warriors were set up because they had enough time to recover where the Celtics had a seven-game series, a seven-game series of the teams before, and every series was hard. And I, ultimately, I think they just got – they ran out of gas, you know. And they only beat the Celtics – they beat the Celtics because Middleton – they beat the Bucks because Middleton wasn't playing. He was injured the entire series. Um, they beat they beat the Heat because – they just heat the heat are just a tough team. They're not they're not as good talented talent wise. And all the games are blowouts. And then um yeah, and they just beat the Bucks. I mean, they, they probably shouldn't have beaten the Bucks, but uh if they had if Bucks had Middleton, if them if because the Bucks couldn't have a because Gian, Giannis didn't have anybody else other than Holiday, and it was Giannis and Holiday, and that's pretty much it. And in terms of offensively. So is the, you know, is, Middleton, the, Eastern, is, is the Eastern Conference in general a stronger conference than the Western conference. I think it's deeper. No, I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah, about that. Only I don't, in terms I, I don't of think having, so. I think they, they have a lot of, they have more better teams. Yeah. But they don't have the best teams, yeah. right? 
they're top heavy. You know, they only have like four good teams in the East, and but they're all really good teams, right? Where and you got to remember, there were a lot of injuries. There are injuries, and every single team had lots of injuries, and thus that's that's why the Suns lost. I mean, Devin Booker wasn't really there. Um, the Mavs, the Mavs took. You know, Mavs had some injuries, right? Um, even the Warriors had injuries because Clay didn't come back until like the second you know, the second to last series. So, I mean, there was a lot, I mean, not the second, I mean, he was injured for most of the year. And so he wouldn't really have his legs back. So almost every single team had an injury. And I think the Warriors kind of squeaked it out. You know, they just got lucky and they were healthy enough to win the, win the series, you know, win it. Let's, let's make our picks for 2023. (laughs) (laughs) Any team that Kyrie Irving is not on. (laughs) Yeah, I know really. Kieran, Kieran, actually, Ryan, Kieran follows basketball a lot, and uh, I defer to him in a lot of ways. But the, the one thing we didn't talk about as well, I, all that stuff that you said about why the Celtics won, I think you're right. Uh, but the Celtics are strong, and actually, I feel like they have a lot in common with the Mavericks. They, they, after the All-Star break, both of them were just were, – were some of the most – were some of the winningest teams. We're both on the upswing, while other teams were, on, were, were going are, the opposite way. You said the Celtics. You mean the Warriors? The Celtics, the Celtics, actually, the Celtics and the Mavs. The Celtics and the Mavs made yeah. a good post All Star break run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, That's right. And so that that was, um, I think, you know, part of the reason why I think people didn't see it coming. You know, and uh, there are probably some also some players. There were also some ways in which the team just gelled. Right, they had a couple of big men, right, that were like reliable, and then they had their big three, right. And anyway, and Horford was. Horford was amazing. Horford was shooting yeah. the ball like unbelievable defensively, and he was just like the gel. He gelled the team together, and I knew you know Tatum and Brown have like improved so much in the past three years. I mean, so you and you know they were young. They're very young. The future is bright. Yeah. Let's let, yeah. let's wrap it up. Let's do some 2023 picks for your NBA champions, and then let's also do Wimbledon pick just the champion, um, and then maybe you can wrap it up. Okay, want to start? I'll start. I've got the Warriors. Well, I mean, it depends. Do the Sonics have a chance of making it into the 2023 season? <laughs> I know there's a lot of talk of the Sonics coming back, but if they if they make it into 2023, <laughs> I'm going Sonics. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, uh, and you laugh, Wallace, but there is a lot of talk about two more expansion teams, and and the, the Sonics are on that list. Um, but in 2023, I have the Warriors beating. Um, the Boston Celtics in a rematch because I just don't know enough about basketball, so I'll just go with like a safe pick. And then and I Wimbledon? have uh, I have Joker winning Wimbledon. Okay, Kieran. Um, I think that the Bucks will play the Warriors, or or the Suns, and still the Bucks will win. All right, and I pick Giannis to come back and and do his thing. And okay, and for Wimbledon. All right, we're gonna we're gonna concede this because I believe that Nadal and Djokovic, who are one and two, will meet in the finals. And yeah, I think Joker will win in five sets. God, I hope winning right. would be awesome though. I mean, who cares who wins if they both make it to the final? Dinesh, yeah, if they made, you imagine you they both make the final. That'd be amazing. That'd be unbelievable. So okay, Dinesh, have let's have your let's have your NBA that. pick and then just pick between Nadal and Djokovic, even though you're not a tennis okay. fan, and settle sure. this debate. <laughs> okay, let's go with um for basketball. I think um let's go with the Mavs and the Bucks, and the Bucks win in six. <laughs> okay, the and then Nadal, Nadal or Djokovic. Um, I would say either N- Nadal or Djokovic. 
No, but but you have to pick <laughs> one. Choose. What are you talking? Oh, you have to choose. Okay, I tried to get away with it. Um, let's go with, let's go with. Oh, this isn't nice. Sorry, Wallace. I'm gonna go with Nadal. Abandoning your childhood kindergarten yeah, friend. This is great. And um, going with his newly found best friend. <laughs> you're outnumbered, All right. Wallace. You're out numbers. All right, so so for for the NBA, I got the Mavericks versus the Celtics, and the Mavs winning in four. Okay, and then for tennis, obviously Djokovic. And I know we're just picking winners, but I'm going to give a shout out to my boy Mackenzie McDonald. I got him in the fourth round at the minimum, and watch out for my sleeper pick, Tommy Paul, another young American. <laughs> By the way, for the Karen's next one. like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Uh, for the next episode, we need we need to talk. We need to talk some world. We need to do some more. I mean, I guess the World Cup's not until fall, but we need to do some. We need this. We need to get world some other stuff. sports in here. We got to get some. Yeah, other yeah, yeah. We got we got NFL coming, and we got the World Cup coming at the end, of, like uh, yeah. in November. On that note, guys, yeah. I got a busy schedule. So yeah, I got to run, guys. It's Ladies. been real. All right.